Hola, I'm Elias Torres, co-founder and CTO of Drift. You are listening to the American Dream Podcast. Did you know that Drift is part of just 2% of VC-backed startups led by Latin American founders? Well, I'm on a mission to change that. On this show, you will hear from leaders who have achieved their own version of the American Dream. We'll talk about what the process looked like to get there, the obstacles they faced along the way, and the work we still have to do to build a new face of a diverse corporate America. Bienvenidos a todos. Uh, today, I'm excited to introduce Pamela Martinez, Pam, to the podcast. Pam is the CTO and co-founder of Snowball Wealth, a platform that provides personalized guidance to pay off debt and build wealth. Pamela started Snowball Wealth after being first exposed to the privilege of generational wealth during her time at Stanford University. Now she's on a mission to make generational wealth a reality for more people by advising recent graduates, particularly women of color and first-generation immigrants, on how they can think about investing. Pamela credits a lot of her early success to the power of community. So today she's going to tell us more about what community looked like growing up and how she's giving back to the community through her company and otherwise. Welcome to the show, Pam. Very Thank nice you. to have you. Yeah. So uh, I mentioned this episode, right, the Power Community, and we're going to talk about different communities you've been part of through your life journey, right? Let's talk about the first one. I think we were talking earlier. You were born in Mexico, in Chihuahua. And um, so tell us about what was that community from transitioning from Mexico to Texas? Yes, yeah. So um, I grew up in Chihuahua, and... For the first 10 years of my life, I spent my time in Juarez, which is, you know, a border town. So growing up, I was one, you know, I think I was like very lucky to have grown up in like a really tight knit community, like all of the kids knew each other, all of the parents knew each other. So I grew up feeling very supportive and really loved. And being in a border town, I was also exposed to kind of like the United States. We used to cross the border every weekend. Um, you know, I got a lot of exposure to like American culture. Um, and that was one of the cool things about being, uh, you know, growing up in a border town is that you do get kind of like multicultural exposure pretty early on. Um, and then when I was 10, uh, my parents had this opportunity to move to the United States. So uh, we decided to kind of just take everything we could with us and drive uh, from Juarez all the way to Houston, Texas, which is where, you know, kind of we landed. And um, that was like a really exciting opportunity for, for us as the children. And like, it was like a really big, you know, I think for a parent, for my parents, like they had to give up like their whole community. They had to give up a lot to like move to the United States, move to a new country where none of us spoke the language and start a brand new life. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, been there, done that, right? I, I did that in 1993 with my mother and my two siblings at the time. We came from Nicaragua, so I came on a plane, so it was not a short drive. Uh, it's a short drive in Houston compared to um, from Juarez. Uh, long story, I drove once when I was 11 or 13, I don't remember, from L.A. to Nicaragua. Oh, wow. <laughs> That must have been quite like, a trip. Quite a, yeah, like the car broke down. And, like the car could not make it through that road. Central wow. America destroyed the car. We literally pushed it across the Nicaraguan border downhill. Uh, and so that's a story for another day. 
uh, when we came back, um, so I, we crossed through Juarez. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah, so you've been you've seen that <laughs> that I city. See, but that was in like nineteen eighty nine or something like that. So I'm a really old person. Uh, so then, uh, interesting, right? So it's, it definitely, um, it's such a culture shock. Uh, but I, I wonder, like, how different was your community from from Mexico to Texas? Because it, if you had a lot of Latinos around you, maybe it was similar, or was it completely different? I would say, I mean, it was completely different. Um, you know, I my my dad side of the family lived in the United States, so we did have some family when we moved to the United States. Um, but in terms of like culturally, it was just like day and night. Like when I was in Mexico, like every single day, like I would hang out with neighbors' kids. Like we were all outside. It was like very community oriented. And then, get, then, oh, then you were all cooped up in your apartment. Exactly. And never saw anyone. And all you did is watch TV and ate cereal. Yes. Yeah. You know, like moved to the United States and all of a sudden I was spending most of my time indoors and I didn't really know the people around me that well. Um, and, you know, I think there's the other thing, too, like even though like, I, you know, Texas and Houston is a very like immigrant friendly city and there's a lot of Latinos, um, you know, I was still an immigrant. I still didn't speak English. So I still felt like I was like an other like I definitely was the new kid and when I went to school you know I you know I, I was trying to learn a new language I didn't really know how to communicate with people so there was definitely a lot of struggle there um and you know it's like a huge shock for me having been you know when you grow up in a, in a city in a country where like you are your native language is the dominant language you like you're just excelling and you just have so much more confidence so I think kind of like making that jump did hurt my confidence a little bit when I first moved here. And it was definitely really hard um, to kind of like get adjusted. Yeah, no, I, I love I love hearing and, and be able to share people's stories like yours, right? Um, and how smart and how confident you now are. And you, you, I'm, I'm trying to like not jump to the end of the story, but like, I mean, I, I will get to the stand for a bit. I can't control myself, yeah. but it's like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like, this is, you know, you don't speak the language. You cross not a lot of uh, financial support. I would, I would venture to say, you guys are all trying to make it work with your family, and um, and there's so, so many amazing things to come. But let me just let's stick to the next step. So you, uh, you're there, learn the language, been there, done that. I was 17, and I did that. I did it twice. I did it when I was 11. And I did it when I was 17, and then you. Um, you love school, right? So you, you, you're in school. Where'd you go for high school? Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, something that I like to tell people sometimes, and one of the reasons I got so interested in education is um, I went to nine different schools between my K through 12 education. Wow. <laughs> um, and a lot of that had to do with like, you know, being an immigrant, you know, like I, I moved from one country to another, um, going from one school to another. And, um, you know, when I was in, I was in the public school system here in the United States. And uh, for my high school, I had this opportunity to go to something called a magnet school, which is still like in the public school system, but you do have kind of like application processes that you can go through. And it was a, a career oriented uh, high school. So it was like a new concept. Um, the whole idea was that you would join the high school and you would join a tower. They had the technology. 
they had a technology tower, a business tower, and a medical tower. And then within the technology tower, they had an engineering program. So um, I had that opportunity to like apply to the school and go to the school. Um, and I joined the engineering program there in 10th grade. So you knew you liked engineering, right? So engineering from, from 10th grade already. You joined this. So what happened? So then what, what did you go do after high school? Yeah. So, you know, I think I joined the engineering department because I really had no idea what I wanted to do. <laughs> and, uh, that you know, I, that was a good one. That's a good, great thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because I was like, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, and, you know, I was always really good at math and science. And because English wasn't my dominant language and like it was something that I really struggled with, I was like, oh, like I'm never going to make it in like the business side. And I got kind of eked out by a lot of medical stuff. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll do engineering. Um, but that kind of high school experience, um, I ended up not having a good experience in my engineering class. Um, I had a teacher who was not very supportive. He, there was, um, I joined the robotics club and he asked me to become like the historian and secretary. And instead of doing actual work in class, he would ask me to write grants and host fundraisers. And, you know, I was at the top of my class and I was trying to be salutatorian for my high school. So grades were really, really important for me. Um, and for one of the events that I hosted, he got really mad because my centerpieces weren't very good for like a fundraising that I, that I hosted. So he gave me a C. And, um, you know, I always kind of like clashed with this teacher, I had like a lot of like back and forth. And um, there was a time where like he would literally tell me in front of everyone else that I didn't belong and I didn't deserve to be top of my class and that really tainted kind of like even though this had nothing to do with engineering it really kind of like tainted my um, desire to be in the engineering um, it was a very male-dominated class even in high school like there were only two girls in the whole program and um, it was like definitely kind of like the first time that I encountered uh, like sexism and bias and a lot of antagonism. Um, so that was kind of like my high school experience. I did have a lot of other really great and really supportive teachers around me who encouraged me to, you know, continue like excelling and encouraged me to apply to a lot of different colleges. Um, and that's kind of fast forward, you know, I applied to like, you know, I, I found out about this program called QuestBridge that allows, um, you know, lower income kids to apply to a lot of different universities without having to play, pay for like all of the entry fees and application fees. Yeah. So uh, through that, I uh, got into Stanford. And because you I was straight so, uh, to Stanford from high school. Yes, for undergrad. Under, undergrad. Perfect, perfect. Yes, for undergrad. Yeah, so I got into a bunch of different schools and Stanford was one of them. And because I really didn't know what I wanted to do, <laughs> um, I was like, okay, I guess Stanford it is. They have great engineering. They have great like humanities they have a lot of different programs i can really go there and explore and really figure out what i want to do with my life and what, what what degree did you get there um so i decided to major in computer science at stanford um wow. <laughs> yeah yeah and that was the whole you know journey of like i joined i thought i wanted i didn't know what i wanted to do freshman year i was doing pre-med i was doing public uh, public service. I was doing a bunch of different courses because I had really, I really had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, 
And that first year, I really struggled academically as well. Like having gone from public school to like a very tough and elite institution uh, with people who were very competitive and very studious was definitely very hard for me. Um, And I was feeling really lost that freshman year. But towards the end of that freshman year, I took a class in photography that was under the CS department. And that was the first time that one, I really enjoyed what I was doing. And two, um, I was really good. And like my photos got like shown in front of the whole class. And I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I should try this, this a little bit further and explore this a little bit more. Um, and that's how I started taking computer science courses. Wow. No, what, what, what an incredible journey and a reminder to people, right? That, um, that you didn't give up, right? And that, that you, you kept trying and like, when we have a bad experience, we can't just let that, you know, ruin it for the rest of our lives, right? Because your life would be completely different if you had not, you know, followed these steps, right? And, yes. and so yeah. we're glad for, you know, we have bad educators and it's okay, right? And then you have some good educators that inspire you and lured you back in through photography and through recognition and understood you better to to help you like get into it like i uh, love to hear that uh by the way little proud moment of mine my daughter is doing computer science at northeastern i mean it's not no stanford but uh it's um it's incredible i just and i hope the listeners realize and see this right it is um what a great example you are a role model right of again first language move don't have the culture don't have the understanding of of the system and thank God for that opportunity you you had and then that full ride, you got to go there and graduated with a CS degree with one of the top schools in the whole world, right? This is where everybody from Google will go and hire everybody out of Stanford. I'm sure you had offers, every offer to work at any company you wanted in the United States or the world with that degree. And and, and that's a great accomplishment to a Latina, to a woman, to a first generation um, immigrant. Congrats. You, you, you should be so proud of yourself, right? Uh, oh, thank you. And congrats to your daughter, too, for, you know, going down the CS route. And, <laughs> you yeah. know, I hope, yeah, I'm sure, I hope she's really liking it. And I think it's, like, such an amazing career path. And there's yeah. so much that you can do. Um, and like you said, I think, you know, it's definitely had a lot of setbacks along the way. And, you know, my first CS class, the actual intro to CS class, um, my TA pulled me aside and he really encouraged me. He was like, Hey, look, you're really good at this. You should consider majoring in it. Um, and you know, these are the little moments that I think about a lot now, because if you, especially now that we're like, you know, business leaders and mentors, like giving people that encouragement is something that can go such a long way. Like, especially for people who are dealing with imposter syndrome or dealing with like, just you know, kind of a lot of these struggles, having that extra encouragement and reminding them that like they can do it and they will do it if they put their minds to and that if they're doing well, making sure that you remind them of that and recognize them. Um, yes. That's something that can really, really help propel those people. And, you know, it's something that really helped me stay focused and stick with, you know, all of, you know, the rest of the coursework to make sure that I graduated and got the CS degree. Yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, it's like, it's just the, it's just the little words that we get. I remember in Nicaragua, no, in in, in LA, I had it. In, in Nicaragua, like <laughs> life was really tough. In Nicaragua, if you didn't do 
math well, you would get hit with a ruler on the on, on your arm. It was like really bad. And so like, I remember that I did good in math because I did not want to get hit with the ruler. I was like the only one that wouldn't get hit <laughs> around of like, you know, the tables asking for the, for the multiplication tables. Um, I, I laugh about it, I think. Um, and then when I went to LA for the, for the first time in the US, um, if I did well in my math, I get the stars and the stickers and like, and the teachers would write all these things. And I'm like, what? This is, this is so much nicer. If I get stars all the time, I'm going to do more math. And, and because of the language, I also focus on math because it was easier uh, as a continuation, right? And, and, and I can, you know, understand numbers. Um, so it's like, love to hear that. And so you, you, you go to Stanford and I have here in some of my notes, right, that you're like, big culture shock, right, uh, uh, at Stanford. So you, you go from Chihuahua, you go from Juarez, you go to Houston, and then you go to Palo Alto, you go, yeah. you go to California, Stanford, you know, there's like scandals there, so much wealth. Uh, tell me about this. What, what was the shock? What was the thing that you encountered there? Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny just thinking about it now because I'm like, wow, like all of these different lives. Um, when I was in Mexico, like my elementary school, um, we used to clean the classrooms after school. We would take turns every day. It was a different kid's turn to go and clean up the classroom. Uh, my mom was extremely involved in school, so she would host fundraisers so that we could get heating in the schools. Um, going from that to like Texas, where same thing with the stars, where I would get like stickers and I could turn in the stickers to get like extra erasers like yeah. that. You know, first of all, it's a huge shock. Yeah. Um, and then going from like public schools and, you know, the public schools that I went to weren't like rated very highly. They were, you know, like mostly like people of color, immigrant communities. And going from that, um, you know, I, I grew up working class. Like my mom's a cashier at a restaurant. My dad has been working in manufacturing. So we didn't really have a lot of money. And um, the first day of Stanford, like when moving day, um, you know, I grabbed my bags. I had like my two suitcases, a backpack, and I flew by myself to Stanford. And I checked myself in. I got into the dorm. I got into my room. And um, all of a sudden, I see parents everywhere. Like all of the parents have flown in with their kids to like help them move in and you know, that was like the first day and like everyone, everyone's parents were introducing each other. And I was like, wow, like that in its own, that little moment. And that was like the first day was intimidating for me because one, like my parents couldn't afford to fly and drop me off. And that's something that, you know, because people were like, oh, your parents didn't come. And I was like, oh, you know, like, no, I, one, I didn't know that they were supposed to come. <laughs> Two, yeah. they didn't have that disposable income to like pay for a one plane ticket, hotel, rental car to come and drop me off. And then three, they didn't really speak the language. They would have felt totally out of place, you know, when, you know, people, the people in my dorm, you know, their parents own multi-million dollar companies. Um, you know, all of these kids, a lot of them had gone to like some of the top private schools and top public schools in America. Um, and, you know, I think that was the first time that I was exposed to kind of like the other half of America, like the not, wealthy not half, part. Not, not, not half, not half. Not half, not half, but, you know, <laughs> the I guess the top 10% of America. 
1%. Uh, the top 1% of America. <laughs> yeah. I think Stanford prides itself of like bringing in a lot of people from different cultures and backgrounds. Um, but I, you know, I think even with the diversity that Stanford claimed to have, like it was still like a very like well-off community. And um, there's a lot of people who had just so much money and like, that was just something that was unconceivable to me. Um, yeah. And that was like a really big shock to me. Um, I was really fortunate that, you know, Stanford did offer me a full ride because, um, you know, a lot of these private universities, if your family makes under a certain amount, like you don't have to pay for anything, which was like, honestly, just life changing because I could have never uh, afforded anything like that. Did they pay for your flight? Yes, they did. Wow. I mean, yeah. yeah. Not Everything. It's just not possible. You, 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 that, yeah, you you wouldn't, and, and like you you like I'm almost crying. Like I mean, I I can, I can feel that moment. You know, I I don't. I had many moments like that, but but that moment, I, my my transition into this world has been more gradual in a way than yours. You yours was like shock and awe you just got transported from one place to the worst you know to the highest highest utmost highest right of elite elitism right and and i was kind of like slowly moved up into it and I, and so it's kind of like i'm like a frog in the in a pot just like slowly boiling uh you you had to felt that as feel that at such a young age and not and not have your parents so people do not know what the experience is of having a parent that is with you that doesn't speak the language and you're translating for them and you're the only one that has to have go through that show, right? And 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 how you get judged and how you get looked at, right? Uh, yes. And 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 you you had to so I, I know, I know it, right? I know what that feels like. It, uh, did you have you watched In the Heights? Yes, yeah. I haven't Ooh. watched all of it, but I've watched yeah. some of it. Um but yeah, that moment of, uh, you know, like I, it was, it was a big shock for sure. And, you know, at that moment, like moving to the United States as a 10 year old, like I used to translate for my parents. Like, I think a lot of us immigrant kids know this, like yeah. I was the oldest daughter. So I had to, I was the one who grew up faster. I had to figure out a lot of stuff. Like my parents looked at me for guidance. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and this is something that I talk about a lot with um, people who have parents who are like native to the United States or parents who uh, are white collar workers. I'm like, look, you don't understand what it's like to like my parents were looking at me for guidance to, about like what to do with their money, like what to do with their house, you know, and I was like a 10 year old. <laughs> and that just gives you, you know, I think it's you do learn a lot of stuff really fast and you learn to grow up really, really fast as well. Um, and uh, it just creates like a different dynamic and different levels of pressure yeah. that you have. No, it's, it's fascinating. There's so much. I, I, you know, we can talk, you and I, for days, I think, about this shared experiences. And you have had an amazing career, right? You, you go to Stanford, you show everybody you have the talent, the intelligence, the, the confidence, and the ability to overcome obstacles. You graduate, you get work jobs at Microsoft, you get... Then you say, like, I want startups. I, I was IBM for 10 years, and then I wanted startups. I, I see a similar path, you know, and, and, and my time will come. I'm going to share some stuff with you. But um, you're now going the founder route, right? Because you had something inside of you that you want to share and that you want to help, right? You, uh, you, you want to help others. Tell us about this. Tell us about 
this company that you're building. Uh, tell us what's the mission. Yes. Yeah. So um, I'm working on Snowball Wealth, and our mission is to help people uh, pay down debt and start to build generational wealth. So um, our main goal is to really help people who, you know, are a few years out of college, you have to figure out how to pay your student loans, you have to pay out, you know, you might have consumer debt, like credit card debt, um, and figure out how to start saving and investing. And the big kind of reasoning behind this, this is something that I experienced firsthand. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people around me who are the closest to me had to experience this firsthand, where we didn't have our parents to go to for money advice. Um, you know, so we're really trying to build this platform to try to make all of that knowledge and information easy and easily available for everyone. So um, we're definitely one of our main tenets is to be very community oriented um, because there is, you know, we're not really only focused on the money and the numbers and the strategies, but we're really thinking about about uh, building community within our user base. Because we do know that people need to hear from each other to be inspired. They really want to push each other to do better and really help each other in terms of building really great financial habits and kind of like have this shared dream and shared experiences. Um, and more than anything, I think it's just to really help lift each other up, right? Like I'm living like my parents' dream. Like I, you know, we came here, like my parents never, you know, my first job out of college, I was making like triple what my parents were making in a year. Um, and that's, I think, the experience for a lot of people who are the, their first in their families to graduate and get like a, a, a higher paying job. So we're really here to help and focus on these people, because uh, one of the things that I learned is that none of the, the financial industry is not really focused on people like us. Um, it's not built for people who are their first in their families to start making money. They're not focused on people who, um, you know, have a different experience. Like I've, I've had to help my family financially. And a lot of people who are children of immigrants or their first to graduate college are doing the same thing. So we really focused on like this demographic because we know that there's a lot of us out there that uh, deserve attention and products that are built for us. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I, I think it's a, it's a wonderful mission, and and I think that um, I, I'm I'm a big supporter and I, of that because that's kind of what the same thing that I'm doing with with this podcast, right? It's a uh, it, it's uh, I believe um, a thousand percent on role models, right? Uh, that inspire us. Like we see somebody, I I seen people um, do things, and uh, you know I saw uh, Brian Halligan. Uh, take a grow a company like HubSpot, take it public uh, with with David Cancel, my partner, and I's help. And and I said, well, if he can do it, if I helped him do it, maybe I can do it too. And 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 that's kind of what's one of the inspirations for for Drift, right? Is like can a Latino immigrant, first generation, English as a second language. I did not go to Stanford, but I, I did go to um, I did raise money from Sequoia Capital, and and was able to raise over a hundred million dollars. And recently, we got a strategic investment from Vista for 1.2 billion, right? And and so that's kind of where I'm like, want to inspire you. Say like, you started your company, similar path. You are most likely a thousand times smarter than I am because you went to Stanford uh, and you survived that. Uh, I and so you're gonna go and you created a company. You worked at Microsoft. You worked at startups, and now you're you're a founder, and you can too build a multi-billion dollar company, right? 
but on top of that, yours is going to help Latinos and immigrants and people of color and women, right, to be able to achieve their own success, their own American dream, which is 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 what I'm enjoying uh, sharing with others, right? So that's 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 your next milestone. <laughs> Thank you. And yeah, you're you're, uh, you're an inspiration to me as well. So thank you so much for sharing that uh, because it's, it's, it's hard. And, you know, I think I, after getting like that first job at a top tech company to going to startup, you know, I think I, I, I was like, oh, I've seen startups. I've been early at startups. So I thought that it'd be, <laughs> you know, I thought I knew, I thought I had to figure it out. I was like, oh, I got this. I've, I've built products for millions of people before. I've managed engineers. I've helped engineering teams grow. I've been in product. I've done DEI. Like, I'm sure, be. how hard could it be? Like, just go out there, get money, hire people, build a product. Um, you know, I think it's, we're, I'm definitely kind of like at that stage now of like, okay, like this is hard. How do we stay in and out? Like, how do we build a product that's really solving our customers' problem and growing? And, uh, you know, I think, proving that we can be successful is kind of like that next phase of my career right now. Yeah. You know that saying, if it was, if it was easy, then everybody would be doing it. Right. Um, but the truth is it feels like everybody's doing it. Everybody it's, 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 it's an interesting time in the world that all this information is pushing more entrepreneurs and more people to go out on it. But what I, what I feel like it's just not balance, you know, is that we need to, uh, share that that journey more with Latinos, right? And be like, okay, you too can be entrepreneurs and 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 show people uh, about investment, about investors, about products, about technology, right? And and really show people a wealth of options that that exist out there, right? Where there's an e-commerce business, where there's a service business, where there is a um, you know a brick and mortar, where where there is um, investing, banking, uh, and then building product and tech, right? It's just, there's so many options, but we want to make sure that people know about that. Uh, because like, you know, when I first came here, people were saying you should go work at the post office and you're going to have a great retirement benefit plan. And if you work there for, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 years, I don't know. That, that was like the advice I was getting, right? Not how to start a company or how to run a business. And, and, yeah. and here I am and I'm like, constantly looking um for for founders i, I just send a text to a, a friend of mine who's a billionaire right I, I i'm like i get the opportunity to tap into the brains of these people and say i, I want to hear what you do i want to hear what endeavors you're working on i see you you're building companies i see you're running a vc firm i see you're running this this um um angel investment i see you on board it's like I want to learn about all those things of how you split your time, which is the most beneficial for you, right? And and how do they work, right? Uh, and so, like, we have to be asking the people that are further ahead in in, in their dreams, um, how do we how do they do things? And then when they explain them, you realize that it's like it's a matter of just go for it, like you're doing, right? You you. You said, "How hard could it be?" I, I like that because we have to be naive. It, it, this is—it's crazy to build a business, and you need that naivete to jump into it. And then the question is, once you're in it, just like you did it at Stanford, you're going to be able to survive and get through it. It's—it's—it's it's, it's not. You've done already much harder things in your life than than starting a company. 
yeah yeah that's funny yeah i totally agree i feel like you have to jump in if you knew how hard it was going to be uh you know if i knew how hard the next step was going to be in every part of my life i don't know if i would be where i am today because that fear you know and that um it's like that status quo it feels a lot more enticing at that point and i think kind of like what you were saying um you know, something that is like a really sad statistic is that, you know, Black and Latinx founders get maybe like less than about like 3C of VC funding, right? So we are like grossly underrepresented in the industry. And women founders get uh, about like less than 2% if you're like a fully two, like all female founded company. So we're already, you know, the odds are already against us in like every way. So, you know, I think we have to be trailblazers and we have to push the boundaries and we have to figure out how to make this work and, you know, help each other along the way, because we really do need to change the face of Silicon Valley. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And and what you're doing is so admirable, right? Because like you're you're combining, you know, you you have such a great mission, right? It's like in in, in one way, my my mission, it was I want to change the way businesses buy from businesses. And then I have a dream of Drift showing and, and making a dent in what how Silicon Valley looks like, right? The face of, of a diverse corporate America. But I'm focused on like straight business, right? It's like how to impact the way people buy, B2B. You are combining both your, 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 your mission as a company, but you also want to teach people about finances and to an uh, underrepresented, underestimated community, right? Uh, and so I think that that's just fabulous. Tell me a little a story about the the kind of outcomes you you're able to start to see or you want to see soon with your company in individuals in people in communities any any story that comes out I know I'm yeah. putting you on the spot <laughs> <laughs> you know I think just a quick note to you on like you know what we're working on one of the things that we noticed really early on uh, was that this is a huge business opportunity like women uh like black latinx and women like we are a very big portion of <laughs> the population you know women make up 50 percent of the population black and latinx uh hold a lot of like college degrees and hold the most student debt so um you know i think it just was natural for us to start focusing on these demographics because one it's a great business opportunity there's a ton of people uh, Latinos are like make up like the majority of a lot, like one point something trillion in terms of consumer power. So uh, definitely seeing that there's like overlooked opportunities in terms of the consumer space. And that's what we're jumping in on this. And then in terms of stories, um, you know, one of the reasons why we really care about like community is because, you know, as we, you know, rolled out some of our tech platform and started helping out people with student debt, uh, we started hearing success stories. And, uh, for example, one of our users, um, uh, and you, we have a video of her on the internet. It's called like women building wealth series, uh, on snowball wealth. Um, you know, she came to us, she had like over like 20 K in, uh, credit card debt. And, you know, she was living paycheck to paycheck. And we've had a few of our users who come to us, they're living paycheck to paycheck. They feel like they're drowning in debt they don't see themselves or they don't know how they can like kind of break out of those cycles. And uh, she joined kind of like the snowball community uh, during the pandemic. And, uh, you know, kind of like a year plus later, uh, she paid off all of her credit card debt, is starting to save and invest. 
she started like a side hustle and she tried to just gain so much confidence and it's out there. It's talking about money. It's like talking to other people about her journey and inspiring other people to get on that journey as well. Um, and just having users like this, her name's Rosie, having people like Rosie come in and like really just change their lives uh, has been incredibly inspiring. And, you know, I think one of the things that we've done is try to give people confidence and give them a path so that they know that they can go off and like pay off that debt and get that out of their system and like start saving and helping people figure out how to stop living that paycheck to paycheck life. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons why I do what I do and why we really care about this community. No, absolutely. This is, um, it, it is fantastic. I mean, like it, it it's a, I'm a, you know, I, I've been, <clears throat> I've been through that journey myself and sometimes, you know, I, 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 I meet with people that are in that situation and sometimes I don't know how to help them. Right. Because it, I, I came out of that, but, but I was like, I went to school, I did come, you know, I did computer science. I worked as an engineer. Right. And so I, that's kind of like my only playbook, you know, it's like, that's kind of, I told my kids, like, you know, they hear me over and over and over, just do CS. You can figure out the rest later, right? Say, like, just do that. I don't care what you do after, right? And and um, because I believe that that's the path that I know, right? But there's so many other ways. And I, and I love that you're doing that uh, for, for people, right? I, I, if I were to describe, I'm, I'm older, right? So do you remember Mint? Do you remember yeah. Mint? Yes, so like, it's like It's like Snowball Wealth, kind of like a Mint in the, that helps you connect your accounts and and, and and then figure out how you're going to go tackle debt and then turn that into savings and then turn that into investments. Yeah, yeah. So, um, for example, the way that it works today is that you sign up, you sync your accounts. Um, we have a student debt product so that if you have student loans, you can sync your student loan accounts. And then we give you a few recommendations based on kind of the information that you have. Um, and we also have we uh, we have a mobile app as well. Um, and we just rolled out recently a community in the product, as well as something called money challenges. And what these money challenges are, they're kind of like savings goals or payoff goals. So you join a challenge, other people join the challenge with you. And they're yeah. month a lot of them are like month long challenges. So you can like be like, oh, I want to pay off X amount in this next month. So we we're trying to give like accountability uh, strategies as well. And as well as a community so that you're kind of like doing this financial journey with other people. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's so great because we need to figure out how to do this at scale, right? It's like, it's like we can all individually go coach every single person, especially when we're not experts at it. But you're bringing the experts together and at scale coach and mentor a lot of people to go through this, you know, one step at a time. Uh, and in no time, you know, it's like in a year or two, people can have their life be completely different, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the goal. And uh, the way that we make like, money is we do have a premium program where you you can get matched with a money coach. Um, so we have kind of like the free product, which is like strategies, information, you can sync your accounts and all everything's automated. And then we do have like a premium product where you can get paired with a coach. Uh, we have a financial advisor who will work with you. Um, more hands-on to make sure that if you need extra attention or you really want to talk to an expert, you do have that opportunity to do so. This is amazing. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for um, your journey, 
you know, you, you achieving, you know, your own American dream, you know, you're able to uh, provide, help your parents be successful, well-educated, and now you're paying it forward, right? So I'm going to share this podcast with my daughter because you're going to be an inspiration to her uh, for what you're doing because she wants to be a founder someday too. So uh, right now she thinks it's easy. So we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much and hope you have a good day. Thanks for listening to the American Dream Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe so you never miss when a new episode drops. If you like this episode, please leave a six-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you're interested in learning more about my American Dream mission, subscribe to my newsletter linked in the show notes.